Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Tea is a fascinating and intricate topic, far more complex than anyone can master. Our expertise resides in storytelling by professionals who know the tea lands from birth and speak the native tongue. We believe that transparency is grounded at origin, which is why the Tea Biz Portal enlists 40 voices skilled in 12 languages to tell the story of tea. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. The FAO's Confederation of Tea Smallholders will relocate its headquarters from China to India. Iran tea imports plunge by 62%. And economists describe a stable outlook for soft commodities in 2024. Plus, delegates from 44 countries and 14 official observers who attended the 25th session of the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization's Intergovernmental Group on Tea, that's IGGT, last week expanded the organization's mandate beyond trade aspects, ratifying initiatives addressing all three dimensions of sustainability, economic, social, and environmental. Joining us today is Peter Goji, the IGG delegate representing the United States as president of the Tea Association of the USA. Peter discusses hashtag Tea Power, a new health and wellness campaign, FAO's ongoing support of smallholders, and the economics of oversupply. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. The headquarters and staff of the Confederation of International Tea Smallholders will relocate from China to India for the next four years. Delegates to the 25th session of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization's Intergovernmental Group on Tea ratified the decision during their recently concluded three-day session in Guwahati. According to IGGT, the smallholders hold a position of growing importance in the tea sector, where they cultivate 70% of the global acreage under tea. The smallholders pluck 60% of raw tea leaves and produce a sizable amount of finished tea. The announcement notes, quote, Their vitality and integral role within the tea supply chain cannot be overstated. 
Solving this sector's issues is essential for the long-term viability and health of the tea industry, not to mention the farmers and the communities themselves, end quote. IGG delegates, one each from 44 producing countries and non-voting officials from 14 countries, praised the government of India and the Assam government for their significant investment in the development of the small tea grower sector, citing the dedicated research and development work done at the Toklai Tea Research Center in Jorhat. The Federation was established in May 2016 by delegates to the 22nd session of FAO-IGG, meeting in Navashah, Kenya. The Federation was envisioned as a, quote, forum for developing policies and solutions to strengthen the global tea smallholder sector by acting as a convener, catalyst, and resource to improve the consistency of tea policymaking on a global level, end quote. Business Insight Joydeep Pukhan, Secretary of the Tea Research Association at Tuklai and coordinator of the FAO-IGG tea meeting in India, told tea business Rupak Goswami that, quote, moving CITS to India will synergize the efforts of federal and state governments as well as the Tea Board of India in bringing the global best practices to small tea growers in India. One of the world's top tea drinking countries saw tea imports plunge 62% in value during the first 10 months of the Iranian calendar year, which begins in March. The Tanzanian News Agency reported only $185 million worth of tea was imported from eight origins, according to the Islamic Republic of Iran Customs Administration. Volume declined to 33,683 metric tons as shipments from India dwindled. Iran typically consumes about 21% of India's annual tea exports. Indian traders report exports to Iran declined by 15.7 million kilos from January to October 2023. Tea exported from India is down overall. But shipments to Iran showed the most significant drop. Indian producers say restrictions on Iran's inability to trade in U.S. dollars, resulting from sanctions first imposed in 1979 and additional European sanctions imposed in 2010, are preventing timely payments. The higher transport cost in war-ravaged regions, including the Black Sea and Red Sea, further complicate trade. And in November 2023, Iran halted tea imports at the request of Iran's Federal Inspection Organization. Investigators accused the CEO of Debish Tea, the nation's largest tea company and sole tea importer, of embezzling $3.4 billion in subsidies, about $3 trillion in local currency. Each year, around $300 million is budgeted to purchase orthodox grades and tea for blending. Investigators became suspicious when that sum tripled in recent years and eventually uncovered evidence of currency manipulation and fraud involving customs officials, members of the country's central bank board, top executives in the food safety department, and office holders. The four-year scheme is the largest embezzlement in Iran's history. 
Business Insight. Iranian tea exports also steeply declined by 12,828 metric tons. Value fell by 58% compared to the 2022 fiscal year, ending in March 2023. In the past, Iranian growers produced as much as 70,000 metric tons of tea to meet domestic demand. The country still ships locally grown tea to 25 countries, but at far smaller volumes than in the early 2000s. Tea exports peaked at 21,000 metric tons in the year 2000, before bottoming out at 4,500 metric tons in 2003, following the imposition of sanctions tied to nuclear development that continue to interfere with timely payments. Tea is classified as a soft commodity, one of several grown in the tropics and delivered globally along supply chains similar to coffee, cocoa, sugar, and spices. The sector has experienced three years of extreme volatility attributed to escalating geopolitical tensions, soaring pandemic-induced shipping costs, and adverse weather conditions. Last week, the Economist Intelligence Unit predicted risks would ease and prices would stabilize in 2024. In its Commodities Outlook 2024 report, EIU writes that, quote, El Nino and the Russian-Ukraine war still loom large for soft commodities. Prices for food, feedstuffs, and beverages will rise throughout 2024, driven primarily by beverages, as El Nino will hit production and therefore prices for coffee and cocoa will increase, end quote. In the section entitled Resilient Prices Amid Global Headwinds, EIU writes that there is some relief in sight with the U.S. National Oceanographic and Administration giving a 72% chance that El Nino will end by mid-year. But the damage to this season's harvest will already be done by then, with coffee and cocoa production forecasted to fall by 9% and 13% respectively in the 2023-24 crop season. At least the threat of a historically strong El Nino is waning significantly, according to NOAA. NASDAQ reports that the Intercontinental Commodity Exchange for Arabica Coffee Futures rose to the highest price since 2011 and 2022, but closed in 2023 at $1.90 per pound, a 12.5% gain from last year. Ice cocoa futures exploded by 61.4% in 2023, closing the year at $4,196 per ton. Energy prices, excluding crude oil, will trend downwards in 2024. Prices of hydrocarbons will largely trend in the opposite direction than those of most industrial raw materials and soft commodities writes NASDAQ. Next, Arvinda and Intheraman reports on this week's T-Indian News. India T-News for the week ending 9th February 2024. 
at the 25th session of the FAO Intergovernmental Group on Tea at Guwahati this month. Earlier this month, it was decided that the headquarters of the Confederation of International Smallholders will shift from China to India for the next four years. CITS was formed at the 22nd session of the FAO IGG at Nairobi to support the small grower segment globally, especially in policies and solutions. Globally, small growers account for 70% of the area under cultivation of tea and 60% of its production. The working group on smallholders includes members from Indonesia, China, India, Sri Lanka, Kenya, and Malawi. Bringing CITS to India is expected to help mobilize global best practices for small tea growers in India. In other news, the Surma Valley branch of the Indian Tea Association has posted the 2023 data. Accordingly, Barak Valley saw a decline of 1.3 million kilos in 2023 compared to the previous year. Unfavorable weather was cited as the main reason, but auction prices too saw a drop of about 5% from the previous year. The association stated that despite a wage increase of 204% in the last decade, expectations were not met with production due to two reasons, migration of people who used to work in tea and the adoption of small-scale agriculture by tea pluckers. Neighboring Tripura state was also said to be facing a similar problem. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, I'm Bogdan, a passionate tea drinker and the inventor of the ultimate tea machine, the Brewmaker One. Preparation is key to making fine tea. Sequential steepings deliver the best taste possible and unlock the true value of whole leaf teas and botanicals. Brew automates that process without using any pots or capsules. This simple-to-operate, smartphone-controlled device stores steeping profiles to consistently make great tea at the push of a button. Brew also reduces time, waste and energy. That's because I engineered the brew to remember control settings for temperature, brewing time and quantity. Using my patented process lets you stack steep simply and conveniently. Delegates from 44 countries and 14 official observers who attended the 25th session of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization's Intergovernmental Group on Tea last week expanded the organization's mandate beyond trade aspects, ratifying initiatives addressing all three dimensions of sustainability, economic, social, and environmental. Joining us today is Peter Goji, the IGG delegate representing the United States as president of the Tea Association of the USA. Peter discusses hashtag Tea Power, a new health and wellness campaign, FAO's ongoing support of smallholders, and the economics of oversupply. Peter Goji began his career at Unilever, where he was the first American in the history of T.J. Lipton to work as a tea taster. He retired after 32 years with Royal Estates Tea Company, where, as president, he was responsible for tea sourcing, blending, and quality assurance. His last assignment was as head of tea procurement, leading a team of supply managers and analysts who spent a billion dollars a year buying tea. His encore as president of the Tea Association of the USA 
and the Tea Council of the USA and the Specialty Tea Institute is marked by a fourth decade of service to the industry. Peter is a champion of the health benefits of tea, a public speaker much in demand, and a spokesman respected globally for his broad expertise. His annual State of the Tea Industry Report is meticulously researched and rich with insights that require a lifetime in tea to glean. Last week in Assam, he attended Bodic 2024, the Assam Bicentenary Celebration, and then three days of IGGT. For the past decade, Peter has been the U.S. delegate to IGG, an influential body of cabinet ministers, tea board chairs, academics, tea association executives, and policymakers representing every tea growing and major tea consuming region in the world. Thank you so much, Peter, for joining today's podcast. The much-delayed gathering in the world's largest tea-producing region showcased India. Delegates also adopted several important policy decisions to help ease a challenging time in tea. Can you tell us about it? The IGG is a fabulous opportunity for all interested parties uh, on a governmental level uh, to talk about the tea industry. It's very important to express the views, and they all have issues in which they're facing. The issues facing countries of origin at this point in time are very, very different from those facing consuming countries. But ultimately, solutions need to be met that satisfy both parties. The overriding concern over all interested parties in this business uh, is uh, the lack of uh, profit throughout the entire supply chain. Unless the growers make money, you're not going to have tea. And this is the challenge uh, that goes actually completely up the value chain. And it's worse than it's ever been. If you look at the price of tea over time, it hasn't moved as fast as inflation. It's We're, we're paying the same amount for tea as we were in the 50s, uh, but without the margins that should be appropriate. And what many people don't realize, particularly here in the U.S. or in the West generally, is the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that are vested in the tea industry because they're producing the tea, they're growing the leaf, they're plucking the leaf, they're manufacturing the leaf, they're preparing it for shipment, and they're getting it out of out of their countries of origin, which benefit of uh, foreign exchange. So we talk a lot about sustainability in, in the tea business. I look at it as a stool with three legs clearly ecological, so in terms of environmental uh, sustainability, social sustainability, which is really the cultural uh, weaving of importance to the local governments, et cetera, and local producers, uh, local uh, towns. And, but more importantly, there's economic sustainability as well. And unless we have that, we, we're, we're going to lose everything. It was a long intro to the fact that the point of many of the discussions, not only at FAO this year, but also it ran in right after the BATIC uh, 2024, which is the Bicentennial Assam Tea Convention, 200 years of uh, tea growing in Assam. Everyone's focused on the smallholder. The smallholder is um, one in which produces about 60% of the tea uh, in the world today uh, and uh, the green leaf anyway is uh, vitally important to the whole, whole supply chain. So the focus is really everyone is agreeing that unless these guys work, unless these guys get appropriate monies for the work that they do, 
go 10, 15 years down the road and we're going to be really struggling. The crisis experienced by T smallholders is not universal. The smallholders in China have demonstrated resilience over centuries. They enjoy good margins, provide for their families, and are rewarded for investing in growing their businesses over time. Smallholders operating as rural entrepreneurs maintain diverse farmscapes, which would provide a solid foundation for sustainable production. Do you agree? China has done an absolutely fabulous job with their tea industry. If you're in the tea business in China, you are wealthy. That model exists nowhere else in the world, unfortunately. China is in and of itself a producer and a consumer. The percentage of exports that they have are just extremely small uh, in comparison to what they produce. And what they do produce is really enjoyed by the population there in China. They drink tea. They know tea. Tea is interwoven with every aspect of their culture, whether it's health, whether it's wellness, whether it's social. So it's it's a great model. I wish everybody could copy that one, but that's just not the case. And what you're seeing now is uh, elsewhere in the world is just a challenge of smallholders producing as best as they can. But the world, quite frankly, is uh, inundated with tea. And the amount of tea having been produced over the last several years is greater than that of what's been consumed. Tea doesn't go away. It sits in a warehouse someplace. So we just have too much tea. And this is what's really dragging the price of tea down, with the exception of the specialty tea segment. And of course, these are artisanal teas, these teas that have great leaf, great flavor, stories behind them well-thought-out um, manufacturing processes. They're making money, uh, but the quantities in terms of in comparison to the rest of the tea world are relatively small. So we're talking probably on a volume basis, 8 to 12% of the world's tea exists in that segment, but it's responsible for probably 25 to 30% of the profit. During the past 20 years, the volume of specialty tea has more than doubled. It is encouraging that demand is growing, that people prefer to drink healthful, better-tasting tea with its artisan story and third-party certifications. Drinking good tea is a reasonably priced personal choice with untold benefits. Tea bags sell for pennies and you get what you pay for, but spending a small sum of money, perhaps $3 per ounce, about 43 cents per serving, as a floor on which to build higher-quality tea— priced at $8 per ounce, could be the tide to lift all boats. That's the hope. And uh, we saw some very good indications of uh, a positive future coming out of COVID because what we did see qualitatively was Gen Zs really turning to tea during COVID. I mean, they were buying, especially tea, the, you, you, your point about stories, artisanal aspects. They love that stuff. And they're very keen on knowing that the dollar that they spend for a product is going back to help the person who actually produced the product. So this is where knowledge of the, the, the value and supply chains are very important to this particular class demographic. And as they get older and continue in the tea drinking uh, habit, they will continue to drink tea. It's, it's a known fact that as the population ages, their incidence of tea consumption increases. I'm hoping that the habits that they've grown to embrace as they are university students will carry through uh, for the rest of their lives, and they'll pass it on to the next generation. That's the good news. 
the bad news is that that habit was very true at home, not very true when out of home. So they drank all their tea in their houses with their own personal little tea ceremonies, whether it's a particular mug or whether it's a particular teapot or how they did it or with their friends or watching their videos, loved it, consumed more. And it was hot, which in the United States is, is important because we're a tea drinking nation of iced tea and they're drinking more hot tea. That's a potential change as we go forward. But regrettably, as they go out of home, their incidence of tea drink, drinking does not match up with what they do at home. So this is going to be the challenge is how do we get that tea experience out of home? During the 25th IGG session, delegates formally adopted a coordinated global marketing campaign to promote the power of tea. The hashtag #TeaPower targets youth portraying tea as a healthy plant-based beneficial bioactive beverage with scientifically demonstrated advantages over rival drinks. We really have blazed a path of tea and health here in the United States. Right. Uh, we've done it through scientific symposium. We made a decision, a conscious decision back in the 90s that anything we were going to say about tea and health had to be rooted in science. Right. And so we've, we've held um, six international symposiums on uh, science of tea and health, and they've all generated interest. They've all generated tremendous uh, knowledge about tea and have shown different areas which tea positively impacts human health. So the tea power um, is a marketing effort come, born out of FAO that really sits on a lot of the work that we've done, not only here in the U.S., but then has been picked up internationally. And I believe everybody at the FAO IGG agrees that tea and health is one of the big levers to press in order to help drive consumption in order to help people kind of pick up and take notes and say, oh, why, why is tea good for you? And as you mentioned, there's a lot of bioactives in tea. It's plant-based. It's natural, calorie-free. Uh, you have black, green, oolong, white, dark teas all come from the same bush, just a matter of how it's processed. And when we use the word process, people need to understand that that's very lightly processed. It's, it's not that we're adding anything. It's just we're changing how we manipulate the leaf or changing the amount of time that we let it sit uh, in a room to oxidize. And the whole process is natural. This just provides another great platform to talk about why tea is healthy and how consuming as little as two or three cups of tea throughout the day can positively impact human health. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. The U.S. government, FDA, is very clear on what you can say about the health aspects of any food, and the the holy grail of tea continues to be a, what we know what is known as a structure function claim, which is saying if you drink tea, it'll stop cancer, or if you drink tea, you'll stop a heart attack, and and that's what we continue to seek. Um, and more and more, of the research indicates that we're on the right path. Uh, we just need uh, some more studies to get us to the end point. Innovation isn't an option when facing a diverse, aggressively promoted, competitive marketplace. You have to innovate constantly because everybody with a beverage on the shelf is innovating like crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, this whole aspect of innovation, this whole aspect of bringing uh, new ways, new new ways of thinking to produce a product, this is what will help drive any industry, not just the tea industry. Um, right. What what you've been talking about, though, is generally limited 
to the country in which they're doing it. I haven't seen too much of that being exported simply because they haven't had an opportunity to make as much. If we were in much closer balance of supply and demand, it would be better, best for everyone. Everyone wins when you have balance. The heart of that balance was quality. Cultivate only lands that produce great tea, then limit what the factory will accept and process. Buds and a few leaves bring a better price at lower volumes. Leave the coarse leaves to reduce plant stress and minimize sorting costs. Harvest frequently to increase the concentration of tender, fresh leaves. Hand pluck in steep terrain at altitude, but use more selective optical smart shears elsewhere. Mechanization in the field and ahead of the sorting table lowers cost. Cultivate fewer hectares to deliver less to the withering trough. Invest in fermentation cabinets to achieve greater control and more distinctive tasting tea. All great ideas. <laughs> I was just going to say, this goes back to how they used to make tea in the 40s, 50s, and 60s and, and early 70s. It's, it's not rocket science, folks. Quality leaf in means quality means you're giving the highest potential to the uh, factory to make good tea coming out. And if they treat the leaf well during their manufacturing process, then you're going to have the best possible product. It, it's just common sense. So they have been under economic pressure for so long that an opportunity comes along for them to make money and really help fill the voids that they've been accruing over the last several years. They take that opportunity. I mean, that's just yeah. the laws of economics. And whether you like it or not, you know, you, you feel for them. Now, where we do have things that could be prevented is, for example, you mentioned Tanzania. Their guy, their minister of agriculture, I think, came out a few weeks, months ago and said, we're going to increase uh, our acreage by 90%. So they're planting new tea. Kenya's planted new tea. Why? Why are we doing this? I mean, there's no one there that can, that can consume all this at this point in time. Until we yeah. grow the market, until we grow it, in, a, in an effective, profitable way, we're going to be in trouble for many, many years. Each country has its own problems, and you know I don't want to yeah. make any snap judgments and say they're wrong. They're not. I mean, they're they're doing what they think is best for their people, and, yeah. and that's what counts. But uh, one can't deny the laws of supply and demand, and that to me is the most overarching issue that we're facing. Is is just too much tea in the world, and if we can get at that, then everything else will kind of fall into place. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.